Hey guys, you're welcome back to A&D Do ID. We're going to cover some infectious diarrhea for you today. We're going to go over C. diff. We're also going to touch on Salmonella and Shigella. And then we're also going to talk about Campylobacter and Yersinia intralytica, not Yersinia pestis. Not that's the, the plague. plague. Not the plague. Not the plague. Nope, the diarrhea. Yes. All right. So, and if you're interested in E. coli, go back to episode one and listen to the poop cast on diarrhea. Do you realize that episode one was in 2016? Yeah, but it's still relevant. No, I know, but that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a, a long, long time ago. I can't, I can't believe we've been doing this this long. I know, it's true. All right, so let's go ahead and start with C. diff. Um, we know that everybody associates it with antibiotics, but that's not the only cause. How does C. diff classically present? Um, classically presents with bloody, mucousy diarrhea. Um, sometimes not super, like, obviously bloody, can just have, like, guaiac-positive guayac, blood. But pretty much the classic presentation is severe diarrheal illness following a course of antibiotics. And they're just having tons of diarrhea, right? Like, just all that liquidy stools? Yes, tons and tons of diarrhea. Lots of liquidy stools. I feel like if they can't give you a stool culture, they probably don't have di uh, C. diff. But at the same time, we all know how to stop people from having diarrhea. Ask for a stool culture. There you go. Classic. And no, my diarrhea resolved, doctor. It's gone. But, so clindamy clindamycin yeah. usually, right? But yeah. any antibiotic can cause it. Correct. Um, so if they're on antibiotics, they have a severe di diarrheal illness, put two and two together. What else can cause it? False positives? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, definitely false positives. So don't check children under one year of age for C. diff. Really, probably under two years of age, but for sure one year. Because they will often be positive for C. diff, but they don't have the same receptors on their cells at that age to actually have any consequences of being colonized with C. diff. So they don't have like the true C. diff colitis. So don't test them. They don't exactly. have it. Um, the other problem is, is there have been increase in community acquired cases. So the classic question stem is going to be severe diarrheal illness after antibiotics. Um, but you can consider C. diff if you're presented with a child with a just a, they're describing a severe diarrheal illness with those mucus bloody stools. Exactly. Exactly. All right. How are we going to work up C. diff? Okay. So you can do a stool culture, but really PCR is kind of the new standard you technically need several samples to totally confirm diagnosis, but if they have a positive toxin PCR, you're probably in the right story. Yeah, and that's what we're doing too now, right, in our shops is mm -hmm. that two-step PCR. Yep, exactly. So I remember they it used to be the three stool cultures, and you'd have to gown and glove for every everything while they're getting their stool cultures. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Um, and then this one... A little bit controversial probably, but we'll give you what the sources that we study typically are still saying, but treating C. diff, what are we using? First line technically is oral metronidazole, and then if that fails is oral vancomycin. Can't be IV, has to be oral, but there's also these new things for like fecal transplant, and it's pretty, it's kind of interesting. And disgusting at the same time. Oh, it's totally gross, but it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah, and then the biggest thing, too, is the issue with 
you can't use alcohol-based hand sanitizer for C. diff. You oh. got to use soap and water. Yeah. The it won't kill C. diff, so your patient's going to be on enteric precautions and wash those hands real good. Yeah, you don't want C. diff. No. No. Pass. Hard pass. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about salmonella. So you've got the typhoidal and non-typhoidal types of salmonella. So typically, you're what like what's a classic question stem for salmonella going to be? Usually you get it from like food poisoning, like you're out at a picnic or something. And then all of a sudden you start having watery stools, abdominal cramps, uh, lots of diarrhea, maybe within a day or two of, of eating uh, some, some chicken or some vegetables that were contaminated. Yep. And it's going to be like the summer months. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll talk about the the picnic exactly. And like you said, watery loose stools, vomiting, fever, maybe. And then what's the other if you've got I a, love this one. I yeah, love this. exactly. See, we're on the same page. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, what if you have a pet turtle? Yeah, or the pet turtle. Like a pet hedgehog. They apparently Classic. carry around salmonella. Yeah, so you do that thorough that thorough history in your uh, when you're looking up diarrhea is considering their pets. Uh, how are we diagnosing salmonella? Your guess is as good as mine. Stool culture. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, stool culture. Uh, and chances which, are they're probably not going to poop, right? I know that's the thing. I don't know how everyone's getting these stool cultures out in the real world because every single time I've ordered a stool culture, literally last night on shift I ordered one and they refused to poop. Imagine that. I don't know. So the difference, the non-typhoidal is going to be your classic diarrheal illness caused by salmonella. And then your typhoidal species is going to be like typhoid fever. So you're going to get fever, malaise, you'll have hepatosplenomegaly. And then do you remember the rash that they get? It's like some kind of rose spot. Yeah, the rose colored spots on the abdomen. So that's again, like that board, that board question that you're going to see with that rash, diarrheal illness and fever. Think about salmonella in these cases. And then I think it's important to remember that non-typhoidal salmonella in an uncomplicated patient does not need treatment. You leave it alone. It'll get better on its own. Don't give them anti-diarrheal medications. Just let them poop it out. Keep them hydrated. Hydration, hydration, hydration. If they're under three months of age, you can treat them or if they're immunocompromised or if they're really becoming like systemically ill, obviously that you should treat them. And the treatment is uh, cefotaxime or ceftriaxone. Yep. Cephalosporins take care of those. All right. And then the other one, not salmonella, but shigella. Um, We've kind of touched on this, I think, elsewhere a little bit, but we'll cover it again right now. Classically going to be that fecal oral transmission. Um, and then you often see this in daycare outbreaks. So you may see that in question stem that a daycare age child with diarrhea, they may actually say there's other kids that have diarrhea as well. Uh, how's it classically present? This is the fever, bloody diarrhea and crampy abdominal pain. And then the tenasmus, which is the kind of the painful pooping, painful pooping. And then again, like salmonella, for most of these kids, it's just going to be supportive care. Um, make sure they're keeping hydrated. But if you have a severe colitis, sometimes they need antibiotics. We uh, different sources say different things. The CDC says azithro for these kids, but the a couple of the sources that we use mention Bactrim. But I think for the most part, you're not going to give antibiotics to these kids, right? Yeah, unless they're ill or 
we often treat them if they're in daycare to help prevent the spread of disease. So that would be kind of like your only kind of exception to the rule. But again, you have to know that it's Shigella to treat it. Don't blindly give antibiotics to diarrheal kids. (laughs) 100% or you will get HUS. Yeah, bad news bears. Hemolytic uremia syndrome. Mm-hmm. Which we just covered recently uh, with Dr. Collins. So if you're if you need to know more about HUS, then go back and listen to that one. All right, let's move on to Campylobacter. I actually love Campylobacter. You don't know this because about the way me. it looks. Well, yeah, but actually, it's because I studied it in college. How weird is that? Ah. Yeah, I know. Tell me, a, tell me more. I was a micro major. I don't know why. I just thought it was cool. Uh, we went to this. We went to a grocery store and we grew out uh, chicken. We just bought a bunch of chicken one day and we grew out. And you know that I think it was like 60% of all of the chicken grew Campylobacter. That's reassuring. Yeah, it's everywhere. Just in case you were wondering. (laughs) Good. So if I were to come down, actually, if my child was to come down with Campylobacter, how would it look? What would I be looking for? Well, again, fever, abdominal pain, and bloody diarrhea is the kind of most common uh, symptoms. This is one of those appendicitis mimics. Ah. So sometimes they might look like an appendicitis, but they're not really an appendicitis. And then the other thing I think with this one is uh, they describe like that crampy umbilical pain, periumbilical pain that actually gets better when you poop. So that seems to be something that's a little bit more specific for Campylobacter. Yes. Okay. So unlike the other diarrhea illness cause like the other infectious diarrhea you actually usually treat this one with antibiotics once you know it's campylobacter so you do the stool culture and if you if you know it's campylobacter then you can treat with either azithro or erythromycin i like it because it helps uh it helps decrease the length of illness and the spread of the disease which we want to we want to limit this especially since it's on all the chicken and i know that uh I know that no one knows about Campylobacter because I feel like everyone's like, oh, E. coli, whatever, whatever. It's literally the most common cause of bacterial gastroenteritis in the developed world. Like the most common cause of the diarrhea you're getting that's bacterial is Campylobacter. I'm pretty sure I've had this before. That may be TMI, but uh, I'm pretty sure that I've had this before. (laughs) Probably everyone has, right? Like at some point you're like... If it's that common, then obviously. All right. Let's round us out with Yersinia, not the plague. Not Yersinia pestis, but Yersinia enterolytica. Yep. And this one is going to be kind of similar to Campylobacter in the sense that you can get that kind of pseudo-appendicitis. So you may get presentation of a child with a diarrheal illness that has, you know, right lower quadrant abdominal pain, but that's kind of their only thing is just GI complaints. So usually with appendicitis, you have other stuff going on. They The reservoir for this one, so Campylobacter was chickens. Uh, Yersinia is pigs. Mmm, bacon. In case you exist. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I think mostly it's like pig feces, but I, I, I don't know. All right, fine, not bacon. Uh, do we got to treat Yersinia? No, of course not. No, no antidiarrheal agents, no antibiotics, let it ride out. Uh, some of the history stuff that might give you a clue to Yersinia if you're um, on a board test or something are unpasteurized milk and my favorite thing ever, not, I'm lying, chitter, chitterlings. Do you know what this Ooh, is? Oh, chitlins. Yeah. They're chitlins. so gross. 
People eat yeah. this in the South, and it's disgusting. But if anybody, <laughs> if you if you need to know, just go ahead and Google chitlins. It's oh, uh, yeah. It's really gross. Uh, I forgot one thing. That jumping back to Shigella, that you may see as a question stem is a diarrheal illness that then the child then seizes. There's actually an association between Shigella uh, and seizure in that case. So that would be considered a severe form of Shigella that would probably need treatment. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and treat that one. Yeah. Uh, you're seizing and you're pooping? Yeah, we better treat you. Yeah. Okay, well, I think oh. that's pretty quick. Quick, uh, quick and dirty diarrhea, okay? I see what you did there. I didn't even plan that. <laughs> Just worked out. All right. Until next time, guys. Thanks.